Welcome to All Four Downs. I am Joe Aguirre, part of the CMG Podcast Network. We're so excited to be with you today. We have a very special guest. Uh, he's a former NFL football player, a CEO, business owner, a best-selling author, and life coach. His name is Sean Murphy. He grew up on the south side of Columbus, Ohio. He had to overcome failure, adversity, and learning disabilities. We'll dive into some of that. He discovered the secrets to unlocking the winning edge. That's the name of his book. He speaks about it all over the world, training others to win in business and in life, which is really important and, and a little bit different. And we'll get into that. Sean is the author of The Winning Edge. He's also an investor, CEO, and he's the founder of American Services Protection in Columbus, Ohio, and Bridge Builders International. He serves on the board of King's Ransom Foundation. Uh, actively involved in his church, a loving husband, family, uh, family man, and father. Uh, we are blessed to have this guy on the show today. The uh, uh, fourth round pick of the uh, Rams back in 1992, Sean Harper. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course, our producer extraordinaire, Ovi Muniz. Uh, glad you booked this. And Sean, thanks for being with us. You know, thank you. Um, let's win. I, I I really appreciate the fact that you guys are willing to work with me. I'm doing a podcast in my car. I've never done that before, but you know what? I just love your you know you guys' flexibility. So I know that this is going to be a great uh, a great show. Now you're quite an inspiring story because again, you grew up with not a whole lot. You got bullied. Um, you, you ended up at Indiana University, which I think helped you get drafted, but you had to get to a community college to get there. Can you talk a little bit about that experience and, and what it was like growing up there and, and making it to the NFL? It's an incredible yeah, it story. Was, so uh, born and raised on the south side of Columbus, Ohio, uh, was hit with insurmountable odds, you know, almost day one. I remember being being actually physically abused by my father who left me you know, a year or two later, thank God. Uh, but my mom had to raise all six of us all by herself. And uh, from there, I'm just gonna slide over you can see that ray of sun. <laughs> uh, from there, I um, was hit with, you know, educational challenges being documented with, you know, four to five learning disabilities, uh, uh, being kicked out of, you know, several schools or two schools, I'm sorry, for disciplinary issues. Uh, stuttering my 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 entire life, um, leaving high school with a 1.62 accumulative GPA, not on my AC, uh, ACT, graduating dead last in my class, and, and I promise you, uh, people's you know negative or low expectations of you that that kind of exudes like Wi-Fi. I would hear things like, "Oh, that you know that's that's just Sean," you know, the low expectation, that not you know, really seeing myself at that next level, barely starting in high school football. I wasn't even honorable mention all conference. It was crazy. Um, and then from there, I get a phone call from a junior college in Iowa, in Mason City, Iowa. And I'm invited to go to the cornfields of Iowa. Now, I'm from Columbus. I'm from the south side. I'm from the hood. You know, I'm a hood kid. And here I am. I'm going to the cornfields. You know, Mason City, it's like 26,000 blonde hair, blue eyes. Everyone's last name is Schneider, okay? I'm up in the cornfields of <laughs> Iowa, and the first year at that junior college, I sit the bench the entire season, not one play. And wow. going in, and, and, and uh, going into the second year, I had a 
I had sort of an interesting conversation with myself. And the conversation was, okay, Sean, according to the success model, you will never be successful. You don't have the grades. You suck at football. You don't have, you know, the connections. Uh, you might not be the right skin color. Just, you know, just all, all these, you know, reasons why, you know, it's okay to have a mediocre life. And I made a paradigm. And the paradigm was, you're right. I can't be successful but I can win. And the moment, the moment I said win, it was like a switch clicked in my, uh, in my psyche. And, and I felt my DNA things begin to like cut on like all over, like click, 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 click. It was just like these generators. This, and I, and I started looking at life differently. In fact, I want to challenge your guest uh, sometime uh, to just close your eyes and say the word success. And then, and then while your eyes close, 10 seconds later, say the word win. Your body responds to win because you were created to win. In fact, if you're listening to me, you are a winner. You were the one sperm that fertilized the egg out of millions. Okay. It wasn't about success. wasn't about looking good. It was about winning, which is why we're so enamored with sports. Winning. We're so enamored with gambling. Winning. We're so enamored with video games. Winning. Everything I mentioned is a billion-dollar industry. Why? Because our DNA is set up to win. And when I tapped into that, I began to conquer opportunity after opportunity, uh, taking it from playing professional football to the corporate world and then speaking, now investing, and I'm using the same model. And my phrase or my motto is, if life is a game, you play it to win. It's a fantastic motto. Uh, and, and, and certainly makes a lot of sense. And I mean, I think when you, I'm, I'm a big history guy and I've been reading a lot about just the origins of humans. And, and I mean, 11,000 years ago, we were still hunter gatherers. It was still Mm -hmm. about winning. I mean, you had to win every day. You had to catch something to eat for dinner. Um, that's just built in us. I mean, that is, uh, it's a, a beautiful thing. So, all right, now you're, you're on the bench at a junior college, this is not going well. How, and I mean, you get this, this conversation with yourself, what happens that day and, and every day going, I mean, you, you, I mean, what year is this? This was, um, this was 19 first year, seven, this is going into 88 now. All right. So four years later, you're in the NFL. How, I mean, what what you said to yourself is the greatest conversation it sounds like anyone's ever had. Yeah, so when you think of winning, your mind kind of shifts. So you're looking at getting to the end, getting to your objective at any cost. When you think of the word success, immediately, subconsciously, you're thinking of there's a set of rules, a tactics or strategies that you are to implement that someone has given to you to become successful. But when you think of winning, it's like, oh, okay, what's the rules? Okay, I got them. How can I bend them? How can I, maybe I can break them? Whatever I got to do to get to the end, I'm going to get to the end. I'm going to win. So let me give you an example of what I did. And, and, and I think that's, that's kind of where you're leaning. Uh, I left Columbus May, uh, April of that year, finished the first year of junior college. I left uh, uh, Columbus. I came back to Columbus, then I left, and I went back to Iowa, and I'm in a dorm room all by myself. There's one other kid in a wheelchair, 
and I'm in a dorm by myself and I am practicing twice a day taking summer classes because I realized that all the other kids and all the other junior colleges throughout the country, they're home, laying up under mom, eating spaghetti, getting fat, not in shape. When camp starts, I'm going to have a three to four month edge. Winners think about words like edge and how to get the strategic advantage. Something else I did. The average caseload is 15 hours. I took 22 hours in one semester. I had night classes every day of the week in the fall playing football because I realized that most of the junior college athletes were coming out in June. If I came out in December with an associate's degree, I'm about 30% more marketable. I'm going to do it. Anything to give me to give me the strategic advantage, that's what I did. I graduated, I graduated within a year and a half, and I was very appealing to a Big Ten university, Indiana, and they flew me and gave me a full scholarship. Winners do what other people won't do. Winners do what people won't, are not willing to do. And so making and shifting that mindset uh, has, has afforded and allowed me to win in almost in almost any arena. Well, um, I'd like to add on to what you were just saying. And before I do, I'd like to show the viewers the book, The Winning Edge. And you're the author. And, and you see all these tabs. I mean, I was taking notes, uh, Sean, and I wasn't lying to you. <laughs> but the one thing that you mentioned also that uh, a lot of people, uh, especially the youths, they don't understand when to disengage the negativity. You mentioned something about your, the, the people that you were surrounded with that they kept saying negative things like you wouldn't do this. Even your friends that they were supposed to be so-called friends, they were dissing you and everything else. How were you able to just like, get away from that and still follow your path? Well, one of the things that I had to learn and realize, and I'm still realizing today, is that everyone can go. Everyone, you know, your your pursuit is like the space shuttle. You get so high in the air, you have to release the right rocket boosters, the left rocket boosters, because what got you here won't get you there. Everyone can't go. And I realized that associations are so important to your wins in life. And uh, I had to make a hard decision, a hard choice. Everyone can't go. In fact, when I was playing football, I would notice I would notice that the players who would bring all their friends from, you know, their hood where they grew up with, they never made it or they rarely made it. Or they had, you know, maybe the second, third year, they kicked them. He kicked them all out the house, all these guys out the house so that he can stay focused and get new associations and new friends and win at that level. Yeah, you know, I, I talk to, uh, I mean, as a broadcasting instructor, mm -hmm. the big thing I talk to my students about is, look, at you know, it is a hard business to get into. You need people around you who are going to be supportive and who believe in what you're doing or you're not going to be able to succeed. You're not going to be able to overcome. You know, here's what happens a lot, Sean, with broadcasting students. After like a year, they go and sell insurance mm -hmm. because – the wife or the girl. I mean, somebody's some your mom, somebody's on your case. You go, look, go get a job. You got to get some money in your pocket, you know, making $8 an hour at the radio stations, just not cutting it, you know? And, and I see it a lot where these guys end up walking away from the business, something they dreamed of their entire lives. It's a horrible thing, but if you don't have a good support base around you, get rid of the support base. You're, you're better off on your own. 
And yeah. that's another thing that he mentioned, Sean, and if you could elaborate more, the 3D effects, the distraction, the deception, the division. You even mentioned in the book, oh, uh, you had a vision. And sometimes we get off track. Even, even if there's no other negative, there's always other things, other obstacles that we face, you know. And uh, if you could explain to viewers your 3D effects about division, distraction, deception. Yeah. So as you begin to move towards your uh, purpose, your vision, and your destiny or your goal, right, the, the, those, those 3Ds you have to be extremely mindful of because they come in small packages. They're very, you know, just very deceptive. You know, there's, you know, just, you know, let's just take a half step this way. Let's cheat a little bit on this day. Let's uh, find an actual detour to your destiny that way. And I promise you, I have seen so many amazing athletes get derailed over one incident, or maybe they're hanging with their gang, one foot, you know, basketball team, one foot hanging with their gang, uh, or, or they're just hanging with people who are, you know, have that just low level thinking. And sooner or later, through association, through energy, they pull you or that deception will give you the false sense of moving towards your destiny when you're not. Oh, you know, I don't have to have the best grades to get into college. And, you know, I can loaf off and still play a Division One football. I'm dealing with somebody right now. And I'm trying to tell this kid, you can't play D1 football loafing around in practice. These scouts, these coaches, they're watching this. Oh, no, man, you know, I'm, you know, you know, I'm projected to be all state. I'm like, watch. Kid got zero scholarship offers. Deception. Uh, distractions. So you have to watch those. You have to watch the 3Ds every step you take. And you know, I tell you the best way to watch it, honestly, is you need somebody watching you. You need somebody watching over you. You need a mentor or someone that's outside of your game, looking into your game of life and saying, hey, you're making a wrong decision with that relationship. Hey, you need to knuckle down on your books. Hey, you need to stop going out to these parties and stay focused. You have to have somebody in your life for that. You have to have that coach. You have to have that mentor. And yes, as you mentioned earlier, you have to have someone who believes in you and supports you and is down for you. That is That to me is just as important as all the other ones because you will come up against adversity. You will come against people who are like naysayers and uh, I call them campers or quitters instead of climbers. You will come up against that. And you have to be able to pull from something or someone to give you a little bit more inertia to make it to your destiny. Mine, mine was my mother. My mom always believed in me. And uh, she would always say, son, baby, God told me that you're going to be a household name. I'm like, wow, mom. She said, keep pushing. And in my darkest moments, I would, I would think of mom. When, when mom tells you you're going to be a household name, that's that's a lot to live up to, I could imagine. But certainly yeah. motivation. Uh, is your is your mom still with you? You know, she suffered a heart attack and a stroke. She is on 24-hour bed care at home uh, at her house. You know, she has nurses. But you know what? I go down there almost every other day, and I just sit with her, and um, I um, feed her. I help change her, you know, that's crazy, right? Oh man, but I love it. I think it's one of the most honorable things. A, it's probably probably one of the most honorable things a kid can do is to take care of their parents, not stick them up and hide them away some way, you know, somewhere. 
chasing after that, you know, that success. Well, that person that gave you life and, and gave you all the motivation you needed to, to do what you had to do. I mean, yeah. Right. That, that, what a great sense of that's my person, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I, I gotta, I gotta take Mm -hmm. care of that. That's a beautiful thing. And, And everything I know about you, Sean, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, one bit. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to hear about her health issues, obviously, but yeah. um, you are uh, really an incredible guy. So let's talk a little bit about uh, what it is that you do on a daily basis as a, as a motivational speaker and as, as somebody who's a, a businessman and, and, you know, so, all right, I'm not even worried about football right now, right? You did football, <laughs> you played here, you did their NFL mm-hmm. Europe, and then yeah. and then it was time to hang them up. We can get yeah. we could talk some more football in a minute, but you you didn't become a big successful football player. So no. so I assume no around I think ninety-eight you you finish up yeah. NFL Europe and it's like yeah. I gotta do something with my life now, right? I gotta I gotta do what mom said and become a household name. Yeah, so so I wasn't that marquee name of a, you know, professional athlete, but I was successful because I made it. And 0.02% of any athlete was in the NFL for one year. But also, it's a part of my win because now I'm taking the fact that I play in the NFL no matter how much or how little, doesn't matter. And now I'm using that as marketing and branding to get probably 95% of all my engagements to like, hey, you're a former NFL football player. So I'm going to leverage the heck out of that until I can't leverage it no more. I'm going to be, be 65 years old walking around with an NFL pin on. Why? Because it's probably one of the most recognized and most popular and most successful brands in the world. One of the things I've learned is that life is really about leverage. And I need everyone to really hear I need to, wow, I just need to hit people up. In fact, I think I'm I think I'm write a book on this. Life is about leverage, you know? And how do you leverage what you have and who you know to get to where you have to go? How do you leverage that for the win? So I'm leveraging the NFL. I'm leveraging the fact that I'm a business owner. I am leveraging the fact that I have a very blessed family. And I've learned how to extract. I am leveraging my network. I am leveraged, and 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 one of the things I realized is that where people really get discontent is, or um, maybe even distraught, is when they're you know in their late 40s and 50s, and they're just trying to hang on, and they're trying to make ends meet, and they're trying to ride this thing into the sunset. They got to take all this crap from their boss. They don't want to work there, but they're leveraged out with the mortgage. They're leveraged out with that nice car. They're leveraged out with debt and they're imprisoned because of that and they don't have the freedom. They've lost their leverage. And so you have to learn how to always look to build leverage in whatever you do. So that is uh, something that I've learned to do is to create, maintain, and build leverage and 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 winning networks and i'm going to challenge your listeners to look at every connection every opportunity every job differently and always fight for your leverage what i've noticed that you have a lot of leverage compared to everyone else in the nfl you also mentioned in the book that 
about two or three percent of NFL players, when they leave the organization, they only last for so many years and then they end up being broke. And, you know, us as fans, when we look at NFL players, only the stars, you know, we see we still see on television, whether they're broadcasting, doing analytics and stuff like that. You have become a household name. Like like we mentioned, your mom's saying it. Joe's been mentioning it. And look, we don't even see what everybody else's uh, everyday life, but we get to see Sean Harper, what he has done in the NFL and transitioning to another career. So I want to say congratulations uh, on your success. Thank you for that. But also there are a ton of, 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 of winning former professional athletes. In fact, if you want to, you know, uh, uh, do a quick search. You can go to LinkedIn, go under search, type in NFL. Yeah, just type in NFL. And of course you get, you know, I'm coaching, but then just, I'm a CEO. I'm an, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an executive. I own my own company. I get them every day. I'm like, man, I'm so proud of you. There are tons of them out there. Unfortunately, there are a lot of athletes who are impoverished. They're broke. Uh, they've made a lot of mistakes, a lot of financial mistakes because they got caught up in the success and they didn't focus on the win. And the win is bigger than the NFL. The win is your life. And, 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 and if they were focused on the win, maybe, you know, they would have took about, you know, half a million and put it into, you know, some small investment, real estate, crypto. It's going to carry them through for the next 10 and 15 years. But what's so awesome about the win is that you can lose all four quarters and still win the game. You know, you can win the game in the last 10, 15 minutes. Unfortunately, you can also lose it in the last 10 or 15 minutes. So the game is always on. You were talking about leverage a little while ago and As soon as you got there, I was like, oh, yeah, duh, right? He's going to say he he's former NFL player Sean Harper, and nobody can ever take that away from you, that you did achieve what is practically the impossible as far as, as most people are concerned. I mean, right? Millions of guys have right. played football. Very few have actually ever made it to the NFL. Right. And again, with the backstory that you have, I mean, to, to leverage that into, hey, I can do this, right? I, I I have an inspiring story, and it's something that I can tell other people. And I, I mean, I'm a big fan of that. I talk to people about that all the time. How to how to leverage what your skill set is, or you know, whatever your unfortunate uh, situation might be. I've actually been counseling a kid right now uh, who's doing a podcast. He's autistic, and uh, it, it's um. You know, again, what he's doing and what he's been able to accomplish. I mean, again, just by having the podcast is a win. He's a podcaster. He started one and, you know, it's pretty good. But even if it wasn't, it it wouldn't matter. He did it, you know, and and you're so right when, when you talk about, I mean, what is success? You know, what 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 is it that you're trying to do? We just last weekend saw or this past weekend rather saw you know, seven rounds of guys going into the NFL. And we could say probably comfortably the guys in rounds one and two, three probably will will be in the NFL for at least a couple of years, few years. Some of them will go on to greatness. 
But for most of the guys, including some guys in, in rounds one right up through seven, you're you're fighting for your life right now. And yeah. and this is your skill set. I mean, the win is you're there, but it, it doesn't stop now. Every day you have to go out there and win in practice and win in the games, regardless of the scoreboard. You have to go out there, you know, you, you the idea of meeting expectations is what success is. You have to at least meet expectations every single day. And I, 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 you know, it's funny you being an offensive lineman, I think about for, for people who don't understand football, how integral the, the offensive line is. I was a, a running back in high school, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you're, you're the glory, right? You get all the, Hey, this guy's great. Right. I, I was just telling somebody the other day, I remember the first time a hole opened up in front of me. And after I broke this runoff, I remember thinking to myself, Oh God, that was them. They, they, they did. They, they won that right there. They won their assignment and there was nobody in front of me. Not, not cause I'm a great runner, but because those guys won, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so, I mean, I, I think for these young guys who are, are, are picks third round through seven round, what would you say to these guys to, to make them understand that, you know, you're there, it's a win. Be happy that you got there, but you got to stay there now. How do they do that? It's, it's, you have to, you have to encourage and teach them how to play the long game. And that's, that's, that's number one. Number two, I think it is incumbent upon us as former NFL athletes to forge that reality in there because everybody and their mama even their mama you're going to play forever you're going to be a champ you're going to be a star you're and it's like oh my god you know i mean coaches oh man you're going to be around the next 15 years commentators he has a great future playing professional football don't you think Harold? oh yeah, yeah. and that's not the case one injury one injury one injury in pra- i've seen a guy who got hurt who was an amazing athlete i'll never mention his name he got hurt he never played the game again just like that it's over. Everything that he planned for and built around is over. So the long game says, okay, this is a great start. I got, you know, I got a, a leg up in the race. Now, how do I leverage this? <clears throat> how do I build from this? How do I, you know, massage this to get to the next level or or to continue the momentum, which is another word, once I'm finished or it's finished with me? <clears throat> Um, all right. So, so we didn't, we didn't quite finish the story. Now you, you, you go from junior college to Indiana. You've had this conversation with yourself. You're all fired up. How does a guy who was sitting the bench in junior college end up in the NFL four years later? So I go to Indiana and they try me out a defensive lineman. I don't like it. Uh, they redshirt me. And, you know, kids are laughing and, you know, I don't know why we even spent time. And I started all over again. I'm at the bottom of the barrel again. And I started working my way back up to the top, all the way back up through the ranks. <coughs> I started doing what they weren't doing. In fact, once I went, went to Indiana, I probably spent a total of 30 days home. When I, get, when I received my scholarship in Indiana from spring of 89 to the day I left IU, I may have spent a total of 30 days 
maybe. I lived on IU campus full time in summer, all summer, taking summer courses, doing the same thing, outworking the competition, uh, out thinking, thinking differently, processing. I had some of the worst feet. My feet are so flat, like you can't even play football. I did two or 3,000 skips a day just to have some of the best feet. So that's how I, I, I started from the bottom and I looked at what they taught us and I found some other things and I just out, I just outworked you. I just outworked you. So the day that you get drafted, where were you and what was that moment like and who did you get to share it with? So let me let me let me back up for a second. Everywhere I, I've went, I've always had exceptional running backs. When I was at junior college, my running back had 1,900 yards. In high school, my running back, I think, had 19 or 2,000 yards. College, my running back was a Heisman candidate, Von Dunbar, and he had about 2,000 yards, right? So, of course, when they say, okay, this guy got 2,000 yards, who is on the offensive line that's helped making this happen? And eventually, they, you know, they kind of circled over me. So I think that kind of gave me the notoriety. On to your question about um, draft day. I remember I, I get a call from an uh, offensive line coach. He's like, you know, this is such and such from the Rams. Are you ready? We're going to take you. I'm like, let's go for it. They announced my name. I'm excited. I'm happy. Phone's ringing. And I had my best friend with me. And we did something very chill. Just me and him, no one else around. And we I just got in the car and I just drove over to Red Lobster. <laughs> <laughs> With the Red Lobster, I remember that. And we ordered up some 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 seafood crab, me and him. And I just kept the phone off and we just talked about it and had some toast. And, you know, we really, you know, just a little private uh, private celebration. And I think within, uh, within a couple of days, I'm on a plane. I'm flying into Orange County. And nice. it's camp time. Yeah. It was nice. crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. Tell me what the phone call to your mom was like, though, because now I'm I'm super curious how that you know, how that went. You know, it's it was. I think she knew before I even called. <laughs> I think they were it's watching. Called, I think they were it's called Mother's me. Instinct right there. It was like, you know, she, just, <laughs> she yelled, she screamed. I mean, the Rams is is an is an an amazing you know amazing organization you know they you know they really took care of mom they uh sent flowers and this and that and you know hey congratulations miss harper and, you know they did a great job and so um i called her I, I guess about about 10 minutes later you know and she was she was just blown away you know and she was excited and you know that's it that's it uh, I, Sean, I have uh, another member of our show, uh, Sean Scanlon, who, who's just joining us. And Sean had a couple of questions he, he wanted okay. to ask you before he goes. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah, sorry I'm late. I thought we were going on at 8 o'clock. But uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure to meet you and talk to you, Sean. Um, just following up with the Rams, I was wondering, uh, you know, you when you first got there, one of your teammates, you know, obviously you're on the practice squad, but you get to learn from Jackie Slater, uh, a Hall of Famer and an all-time great tackle, one of the greats. And obviously it was at the end of his career. Uh, you know, he's super experienced at that point. 
and you guys play the same position. So I was just kind of wondering, you know, what kind of tips and pointers did he give you and what was it like learning from an all-time great in uh, Jackie Slater? So I learned more about life. There's two guys who taught me so much about the game of life. One was one was Jackie Slater and another uh, team that I was on that kind of flew under the radar and it's not on most people's records was the Houston Oilers. And I sat under Bruce Matthews and I just learned so much from these wise offensive tackles. Tell you a story about Jackie that he would always come to practice with a suit and tie on. Sometimes he wore a collared shirt, but he always had a suit jacket on. Now, us players, we come to practice, and, you know, we're leaving the club the night before, and maybe our little girlfriend's house or whatever, and we just rolled out of bed, breath stinking, flip flops, just go to practice, right? Jackie'd always come in with his sunglasses on, wool 140 suits. <laughs> so I asked him, like, what are you doing? And he's like, Brother Harper, that's how he talked. Brother Harper is business. It's always, always business. And what that taught me was, is that he had the right perspective of the game. He had the right perspective. And, you know, if you watch football, you've got five, four to five different perspectives happening at the same time. You have the fans. They have a perspective. The players have a perspective. The coach has a perspective. The owners have a perspective. You know, everyone has a different perspective of the same game. And if you don't have the right perspective of that of a upper management or an owner, you you begin to make decisions right or wrong off of the perspective that you have and a lot of people get caught up because they're making the wrong decisions because they have the wrong perspective you always taught me that keep the right find out what the proper perspective is and you keep it hey, you know i like the advice that you give uh Oshan, because uh one of the questions and i think uh most of your message already throughout this whole entire podcast is not only from our peers, but the youth also watching the show. And I like to present a Speaking It Real podcast who who asked the question and I share, but we know we've been doing this throughout the whole entire show is what would you advise to the today's youth and players? And I think you know that all the way. Everything is about perspective. It's a business and everything. And I like the quote that you also used in the book is, it took a lot of pain and a lot of perseverance, but I became a seven-year professional football player. I mean, you you pretty much nailed it right there. Um, is there anything else uh, yeah. that you would like to to share um, yeah. to the youth and everybody else? Because, uh, like I said, I mean, there's there's so many youths that you mentioned before. They think they're they're there and everything else, but they don't really understand what they're getting into. Get back on the bike. That's that's my. That's my, that is my parting shot. Is every youth that's hearing me, every human that's hearing me, who knows how to ride the bike or a bike, and they have their hand raised like, yes, I can ride a bike. Remind yourself how you learn. Remind yourself how you learn how to ride that bike. You learn by getting on the bike, somebody pushing you, and you falling, and you fall, 
and you fall and you get up and you cry and your knees get cut and scraped and people are laughing and you keep pedaling and pedaling. And within three to four days, you're like, mommy, I'll be back. I'm going around the block. You got to get back on the bike. The average millionaire has filed for bankruptcy 3.5 times. What would have happened when they said, Sean, you'll never play in the NFL? What would have happened when my English teacher said, don't worry about college, had I listened? Had my assistant football coach said, you are not Division One football material? When my high school coach kicked me off the team, he said, get out of here. In front of every player, he humiliated me. And I walked back about five minutes later, and I looked that coach in the eye and said, you will never make me quit. Man, what would have happened any of those times had I did, had I just said, ah, okay, I'm done. Wouldn't be here. Wouldn't be on this podcast. No, and I'm glad you have, man, because, you know, without you, we wouldn't have this show right now. So, but uh, <laughs> I'm very, uh, I'm really happy. Uh, Sean, thank you so much. And, and like I said, and I'm going to share this even with my with my peers. And I told you before, I'm a school teacher and we yeah. teach this to the youth. We teach this. And that's a, a, a ongoing thing here, at least in the state of Connecticut, that social emotional learning is very important to teach to our to the to our youths, especially elementary level, because I know when I was little, I didn't have all these classes that they give now, you know, talking about bully. You know, we, we were raised in different ways. Like, yeah. God forbid that I was bullied and I didn't do nothing about it. My mom and, and my dad probably whipped my ass. I mean, look, if you don't stand up and defend yourself, then we're going to whip I'm your a, ass and you're going to learn. Yes, yes. <laughs> you will learn today. <laughs> Absolutely. Joe? Uh, Sean, what an absolute pleasure it was to talk to you. you. Uh, SeanHarper.org is the website if you want to hire this guy to come uh, be a motivational speaker. Uh, I know he's a huge, huge fan after reading the book. I'm going to have to hit that up next. He's on Twitter at SeanHarper75 and on Instagram, SeanHarperSpeaker. Um, yeah. And guess what? If you go to SeanHarper.co, I'll give you a free copy of, of my book. It's an e-book. It's a free copy. Well, Sean, passion. guess what? You're going to owe me an autograph because I got it right here. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. <laughs> no, thank you so much. Like I said, I know we work countless ways to try to meet up and always our schedule, always conflicting and everything yeah. else. I know you're a busy man. Uh, thank you so much once again. Uh, before, uh, please, please don't go yet. Uh, for for the viewers, we got one more thing. Once again, follow Sean Harper on Twitter, Sean Harper 75 You can check out website and you can follow all the information on hhwshow.com. So check it out.